<sighs> All right, folks. <laughs> Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the My High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat with my guy, Swipa. Uh, obviously, we're being a pretty... Uh, <laughs> Pretty loose with the weekends with swipe a title for this podcast on this Tuesday night, but uh, that's uh, that's more on me than anything else. We we had a tough weekend. Obviously, you get the Super Bowl going, and like, look, there just wasn't enough to talk about on that that Friday loss against the the Kings in particular. Uh, but hey, swipe a, how you doing, my guy? Well, I'm doing great, man. Just watching these NBA dang- games roll off. The Heat, by the way, are up 67 to 52 versus the Bucks with no Jimmy Butler right now. Uh, and it's 42 seconds left in the first half. By the way, the Nuggets scored 44 points versus that same Bucks team last night, and the non-Jokic players shot 7 of 29 from the field. But they asked me, am I worried about the Nuggets? No, because I'm watching the Miami Heat with Jaime Hawkins Jr. take down the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, that's elite rookie Jaime Hawkins Jr. to you, sir. Just wanted to make that clear. Uh, no, it's. I think it's a salient point. It's. It's completely fair. Although Hakez is not the not the guy that you really need to be worried about, it's the fact that they had their elite shooters that are just really doing stuff. <laughs> I'm looking at the box score right now. That's fascinating. Duncan Robinson five of six. Yep. Jovic is four of five off uh, starting for them from three. Hero is three of five, and like that really does kind of differentiate from where Denver was in their game last night versus mm-hmm. where a team like the Heat is. It's like they actually had their shooters shooting. And Denver just had no spacing whatsoever in the game last night. Murray couldn't create anything. KCP clearly labored and played nine minutes. And Michael Porter couldn't hit anything. And mm-hmm. and the bench just isn't built like that from a shooting perspective. So I think there's something to that and some matchup stuff that uh, you, can, you can actually take from it. But uh, if Denver shooters just aren't going to hit, then like that, that's kind of it. This isn't quite the 2018 Cavs because they – they really lack creation. They had George Hill, they had Kyrie Irving, or not Kyrie, they didn't have Kyrie at that point. They had George Hill, and they had, like, J.R. Smith. Like, they didn't really have, like, a creator outside of LeBron. They were just really elite, well, in the playoffs defensively because they just had guys that could just kind of sit down. And it feels like the Nuggets are kind of like Jamal, Reggie kind of a little bit. They don't really have, like, elite on-ball creators outside of Jamal. Um, and they don't really have a lot of, like, a, they don't even have a lot of shooters. Like they have really good shooters that can shoot the ball really well. KCP, MPJ, Jokic, Murray, those yeah. four. And then it's like, hey, Peyton hit a shot, Christian hit a shot, Reggie hit a shot, AG hit a shot, and then we're good. And I think that's fine, but I think that just speaks to like Jokic is just so good and on such a different planet that like. If you put competent defensive personnel around the Nuggets, which is what they've done, then they've just shown that, like, there's a ceiling they can get to that I don't think anybody else can get to. So it's obviously frustrating that they've been losing these games and two in a row now for the first time since December. But, I mean, the NBA season's long, bro. And I, I remember we talked about this a little bit last night on the phone, but, like, no NBA team for me has just, like, been dominant and amazing. Like, the Celtics, you can say that. But we saw the Celtics get absolutely whacked by Austin Reeves with no LeBron and AD on the court in Boston, you know? So, and then the Clippers, the Clippers just got waxed by the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves got beat by the Charlotte Hornets when Carlton Dallas has 62 points. So, you know, and then now you got the Dallas Mavericks, but the Dallas, they beat OKC, but 
that's what I'm saying, man. I think the NBA is just really good. And I think it's really hard to just be consistently great every night. By the way, I, I wanted to point out this is a not your father's root beer. I'm not just like drinking straight up beer. Uh, just ripping one on a Tuesday for before the podcast. I wanted to just make that make that crystal clear for anybody it's that's, that's not your up. father's. Say it again. Not your father's root beer. Yeah, it's a pretty good brand actually. I, I I've liked this. It's very sweet. I love my sweet drinks. You know this about me. Uh, but like it's oh, a, I've seen y'all Friday oh, nights in uh, on the town in Denver. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's good. It's it's a little bit artificial, but it's pretty good. Uh, no, we're having we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna talk about this. We'll we'll talk about first segment. I want to focus more on the last three games and the road trip and just kind of different things that happened. Second segment, we'll talk about should Nuggets fans actually be concerned at this point? Because I think it's fair to both have concern and also to dis like completely dispel with any concern at all. We'll get into why. Uh, and then segment three, the straw poll came out for the MVP. And your boy, Nikola Jokic, is at the top of it. Uh, and Joel Embiid is now officially eliminated from it. So we'll talk about that and, and just all the, the other things that are sort of detail-related around that. But first, let's go over this weekend. Let's go over the last three games. So Denver gets up for the Lakers game, clearly. And they play great. That was a That was one that they really, really cared about. Let's read. Oh, you want to read this one? Somebody said I was at a bar in Toronto after that Nuggets loss. Remember, Toronto had, I think they scored a a, a team record forty nine points in the first quarter of that game, and the entire Nuggets team came in and had zero stress or worries while all the Twitter was losing their minds. Reminds me of right now. <laughs> I think I just that's what I also think. I think they just they're just like, bro, it's, it's a that's game. hilarious. Who cares? You know what? And like, look, we're we'll get into all of those. Right very legitimate and understandable like com completely dispelling of concerns i do want to get into it that's it's fair uh, denver toronto to see Jokic just chugging back a rock <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome like that's that's the uh that's the vibe that you should be going for and like the nuggets they know how to party um <laughs> so denver takes one of three games seriously on this road trip and they win it like the one that mattered the most, they you win on Mamba night, you win that one where it's clear that Nikola Jokic is uh, is dominating his his own match. Although he he didn't necessarily play a fantastic game during that, but he made the plays that mattered. Yeah. Um, Jamal was dominant in that one. Michael Porter hitting all the shots. That was actually Michael Porter's like one game in the last eleven or so where he's really shot the ball well. And those three kind of carried Denver through. Even though you don't have KCP, uh, Aaron Gordon scored eighty points, points between the three of them that game. Yeah, it was a dominant. That's that's a big three kind of performance, and Denver right. doesn't have a ton of those. They they generally go with Jokic first, Murray second, and then kind of fading into the background for the other three guys on the third. Um, but it's, <laughs> see, see, Matt is in the comments now as well. Um, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, everybody, congratulations. The, oh, Kansas yeah. City, the Kansas City Chiefs win their third Super Bowl. They are now tied with the Denver Broncos for three real Super Bowl victories. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. Shout out to Matt catching up with those Denver Broncos. Uh, three Super Bowls in the modern era, man. Really, really impressive job, man. 
We love it. We we are we are big Matt Moore fans over here, and I know that Matt likes to get into it with the uh, with Nuggets Nation and Broncos Nation for sure. But uh, uh, I'm I'm a Mahomes fan. I'm a Christian saltier. Is, is there a saltier tweeter than Matt, by the way, when the Chiefs game isn't going exactly perfectly and just finds a way to snipe at Ravens fans and Broncos fans? Oh, it's a lot of fun. And by the way, Matt keeps counting this Super Bowl from the 1970s after they right after they signed the Declaration the of Independence, Act. by the way, in the Civil Rights Act. Right? Exactly. That's the point. Those don't count. If 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 you just ended segregation, none of that stuff counts, by the way. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> oh my gosh, no, we 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 love Matt. Uh, I I had a great time during the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, God, what was that, man? That was that was a disgusting moment. If I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> like why was he there? Now, what he really wanted to do was to hand it to John Lynch. I have no doubt that that's what he wanted to do. Hand it to John Lynch with the Super Bowl. Uh, for the 49ers, but God, that was so funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was he got that big plastic grin on his face. Um, okay, let's get back to basketball. Uh, Denver takes one of the three games seriously. Second night of a back-to-back against the Kings. I was raising alarm bells on that one a little bit more than a lot of other people will. I understand that that was a little bit, eh, it was a little bit over the top probably for that one on Friday. I understand that for sure. Then Denver gets a couple days off. They probably enjoy the Super Bowl festivities just as much as we do. They go to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee hits them with a couple punches, and they kind of roll over. And also, they're clearly not healthy. So I don't know if, how much to take from this. I really don't. Like, on one hand, you can say, yeah, it's a one and two road trip where Denver cared about one of the games, and they won the one game. On the other hand, like they're, they're going to lose some points in the standings here. Like this, this could be the difference between a one, two, three, and four seed. And that is a pretty big deal when it comes to having the easiest possible road to the NBA finals. I think Denver's just going to make it more difficult for themselves, like in, in April, May, and June. It's funny. I just don't think they care. I think that if we're just, if I'm, if I'm looking at the Nuggets and I'm taking media out of it, taking the fan out of it, the way they operate, I don't think they feel that much pressure to get the one seat. I think it obviously is something they want. I know Malone would want to have the one seat, but Malone also said he didn't think that they were going to skate through the end of this little period before the All-Star break. I just don't think that the Nuggets feel that if they have to go to the Clippers or the Thunder or the Wolves, they just don't feel phased by that. If anything, they're like, great, we can win on our home court instead of going to your house and winning. Um I just think that, like, collectively, they definitely have some things they have to shore up with their bench. Um, their starters have been amazing. And, again, they're they're 13-7 and uh, seven in their last 20 games since January 1st, by the way. So they were 13-5 and five leading up to this point. And we talked about this, too, Ron. They didn't – we didn't feel great yeah. about that 13-5. and five. It didn't yeah. feel like they were just blowing people out of the water. And so I think some of this is – they have just been kind of like cruising and they're like, all right, we're winning games, winning games, winning games. All right, let's get you to the clutch in the game. You know, and I just, they haven't had a real blowout in a, in a while. Some of this is, I think it's important for them because getting the one seed would be, you know, that would do numbers. Like, and the fact that you were able to hold on to that. But I think a lot of this is like, look, you know, 
we just we believe at our best that we're going to beat anybody. And I think they just think that they're of the mindset that they've seen their, their ceiling. We talked about this as well. They had an eight and one stretch. They went in Boston with the first team to beat a fully healthy Boston team in Boston. You know, they had some really key wins they have this year. They've been really good versus over 500 teams for the most part outside of these last two games. I just think they just feel good about where they are. So it's fair. I, I won't I won't disagree with any of that. One thing that I did share with you offline that I want to share here, what this stretch taught me about where Denver's rotation is at is that the more stress and strain that the Nuggets are going to put on Peyton Watson, on Christian Brown, and on Reggie yeah. Jackson, the more volatile and likely worse everything is going to get. Um, you put... Michael Porter out like he, he comes out of that that Sacramento game doesn't play it you put in Peyton Watson that should have been an opportunity for him to really make an impact on De'Aaron Fox and he didn't really like Fox wasn't really the guy that was killing them the entire time but he was a plus 25 or so in that game and it wasn't a great situation he's been really down the last 20 games too by the way he started the season off really well he's kind of cratered a little bit yeah and like they Denver probably needed to do a better job of insulating Peyton a, a bit more in that situation. Um, like they also started Justin Holiday. He did not look good. Jamal Murray did not play good defense. Aaron Gordon was getting cooked by Harrison Barnes. So like, I don't want to necessarily hear it entirely about Peyton. Christian was not great in the first two, in the first three quarters of each of the last two games. And he got benched pretty quickly in that Lakers game that they won. I'm just a little bit, and like we can save this a little bit, but this is one of those concerns that I have about Denver's championship potential and on what they're trying to do this year specifically, where I look out of that and say, man, what if they are not ready in April, May, and June? And I think that this particular stretch really highlighted what that could look like. Yeah. I just try to think of a playoff setting where they weren't ready going into the playoffs. That would have had to been the obviously the, when they were babies, uh, and then they that Utah series. You know they they were up, they got up one zero uh, in that series, and then they ended up obviously kind of messing around for three games, and they went back and then you know blistering the rest of the way. Um, it just feels like the season doesn't have the same level of importance every game, and I think they know they can beat you, and I and I think that's the thing, Ryan. It's like they and for me, this is what it says. If you blow out the Nuggets, they truly don't care all that much about you as a team. They just don't think you're really that worth worth me summoning all the energy for. And yeah. I, that that could be flawed. I'm not saying it's not. It could not be flawed. But I think when they really care about a game, they're either going to blow you out or it's going to be a dog fight down to the wire, and they're basically going to try to outgun you for the last five minutes of the game. But even in that Kings game, bro, they were up, and then you know Jokic goes out and everything falls off. The rails. This last game versus the Bucks, Jokic goes out. The, the Nuggets are down twenty-three to twenty-six, and then it's like a negative twelve run with no Jokic, and it's over. But like I said, it wasn't as if Porter and, and Murray and KCP they had wide open opportunities. They were playing like they just were in a funk, and like it was a matinee game, matinee game or whatever. I, I don't really know where the energy was, and I think some of this is the Nuggets. I think they're just a little tired of this non-important stretch of hoops let's get to the all-star break we got seven days off everybody gets ready kcp gets ready 
everybody else gets ready. And I think that's the thing. And I actually really like this point from Matt. We talked about this. Like I said, they went eight and nine. You know, you asked me, did they have a dominant stretch? They went eight and nine, but I think they went, I think if I remember correctly, they went 15 and five in the stretch that I had referenced to you. Yeah, so, somewhere around there. And they got a really high peak. And then it was like, all right, cool. We're going to keep winning, but it's not going to be anything like you saw. We're just going to win at a basically like a C level game for us. Um, so some of this is, I just think that I just, I don't, I just truly don't think the DNA of the team, Ryan, they've never been. We're just going to dominate the regular season and win every game possible. They have never been like that in the yoke chair, ever. Even when they were pups, remember 2018-19, they won 54 games? They had some losses and ended up bad. They were terrible. Right. They just they just have never been a team that's like, oh, we can win 62 games. Let's go do it. No, there's no doubt. I I think it's a good thought exercise to discuss like how many of the games that Denver's actually really seriously gone for this year have they failed in? Have they actually failed? And I think the Philly game is one where I think that they were seriously going for it and they didn't Mm -hmm. get it done. I thought the game plan was just fucked in that one, frankly. And that was probably the reason, the biggest reason why they, they did not get that one. Um, But but even, even the first Thunder loss, that 118, 117 game, they closed with Peyton and with CB. They they left KCP and MPG off the bench. And Justin Holiday too. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like they were like throwing out the very best. They literally just said, all right, like, let's see if these guys can get it done. Yeah. So I I, I think even, even that, even the losses, they, and Jokic probably could have played that back to back, but they, but he didn't, they were just like, no, we're, we don't need you to do it again. This is, this is the thing about the nuggets. And I feel like everybody knows this about them now for the most part. I think most NBA analysts that are watching these things. And, and even the, the tweet I put about all the blowouts they've experienced since December 29th. I think a lot of people are just like, we ain't falling for this. We know exactly what you're going to do. And I think, Ryan, too, like, it's not – Jokic is always going to be here in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's going to go here. Yeah. Murray is right here. Like, he's below whatever this is. It's and below he, the threshold and, for sure. And then he's just, and then he jumps to this. Yeah. And like, on a, you know, 20 games in the playoffs, 16 out of 20 times. So, I think they're just like – we know how much it's going to cost us. And they're just kind of like, it feels like they're just kind of simmering a little bit. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to expand on this point a little bit. I want to share exactly why I have some concerns still and why I, and I also want to kind of monologue a little bit on like, Hey, I'm not the enemy here. Like, let's, let's be honest. I'm really, really not. So we'll, we'll get into all of that, but first I got to pay the bills and we're going to talk about changing the game this year with uh, some winning some money this season with Superbook sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now you can use that promo code mile high where you score up to 250 bucks with the first bet bonus win or lose Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code mile high. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter that promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pick 
Justin Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, everybody. Make sure to go tune in and then uh, like and subscribe to the video down below. For my schedule personally, I, I can't speak to Swipa. I am going to go on a trip that leaves early, early, early Thursday morning. So I'll be podcasting late Wednesday night. You don't have uh, to share it here. Give me a hint. I'm going to... Uh, uh, it is a is a tropical beach somewhere. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I think I've already All said right. it before. So I'm 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 going to Mexico. I uh, I feel like a, an NBA player already. It's uh, <laughs> we're basically uh, Jamal and I had the same exact instincts about this All Star break, where all we wanted to do was get the hell out of here, and we uh, we both played like it over the course of this weekend. So it's understandable. I get it. Um, okay. But yeah, well, that no, should be a lot of fun, man. We're gonna have good. We're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be good. Um, but yeah, really appreciate everybody for tuning in. I'll be podcasting tomorrow night after the game, kind of give my pre All Star break or, or All Star break census of of kind of where where things are at for Denver, and we'll we'll get a quick episode in before. Make sure when you're headed to te- you're headed to the Mexico, tell Ted Cruz I said hello. <laughs> I certainly sure will. Be there with his, with his I'm gonna pass case. on right pass on right by. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh gosh all right Go ahead. Uh, we have a good time we have a good time for the i actually i i won't even tell the uh the audio audience what i just did it's gonna be great um you can you can check out the video uh, on mile on mile high sports youtube um okay on a monologue for a second here and discuss that I am not the enemy and that Nuggets fans are, are clearly, clearly uh, fighting the wrong fight when it comes to this particular discussion that we're having locally here. The Nuggets have so much pressure on them. It is insane. They have, and my, my friend Matt has also said this for sure, they have the most championship equity in the NBA right now because they have the best player, one of the greatest playoff risers of all time, the best fitting starting five in the entire league, and a coach that you can trust in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very true. Right? The enemies are inside the walls. Um, look. I want this more for any, like I want this for the Nuggets more than just about anybody. And you, the reason why is because it literally benefits everybody here financially if the Nuggets are good. <laughs> like it puts more eyeballs onto things that we do, puts everything into perspective on like just, just how good this team can be. The relationships that we obviously develop here locally with this group are fostered and like you, you continue to develop those. And I think that as everybody at like the tide rises and all boats rise with it, basically, that's the, that's how I would describe this. I want success for the nuggets. I do. I really think that they, like it benefits me greatly if that happens. So when I call out something and I say, this is something that I am concerned with. This is something that I think is going wrong. There is in no way, like the only agenda that I have with things like that are that I want Denver to win a championship because it benefits me. And I will never hide behind that 
But I also think that everybody should understand that. That like when I say something, it's not just to get interactions or engagements or anything like that. I don't need the the twelve dollar check from Elon Musk to like benefit me for that. That doesn't that doesn't matter. What really matters, in my opinion, is that Denver's doing everything possible they can to win a championship because those last forever, and these opportunities do not come around long and for very often. And just think about how long it took Denver, even when they had Nikola Jokic, to really seriously open that championship window. It took until last year because the years before you had injuries, you had inexperience, you had uh, not the right personnel around them, and you like you missed out on basically six, seven years of Nikola Jokic's career. So like that's not going to last forever. And game planning on it being a 15-year career or a, a eight-year-long prime window from this point on, to me, I get a little bit queasy about that. And I think that Denver should be trying to maximize their window right now as often as possible. And in my opinion, they're kind of walking that line of not doing that because they're trying to benefit the long-term vision. And maybe that's the right call. I'm not Calvin Booth. Calvin Booth is way smarter than I am. But like, I, I think it's fair to have at least questions about it. And I'm trying to bring those up now. I distinctively remember Calvin Booth, when he took the job as a Nugget GM, said that he is the steward for Nikola Jokic's prime. Yep. And that that is his responsibility, and that is his main priority, is giving Jokic everything he needs as often as possible to win an NBA championship. Now, what I'll say is what I don't want this to become is like a LeBron James or like a Steph Curry level of discourse where it's, this little itty bitty move here and there. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Like they're not focused in. I think from a long-term perspective, they drafted very well. They got Christian Brown at 21, Peyton Watson at 30, Julian Estrother at 29, Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. That's all for discussion. We have no idea. More than likely, won't amount to a whole lot. It's well, here's, here's where I'll, I'll fight back on that because – like, look, I did a podcast with Jalen Pickett in the offseason. Like, we did a show together. It was awesome. It was great to get to know him, and it's awesome. But, like, I also think that using a roster spot on Jalen Pickett, using a roster spot on Hunter mm -hmm. Tyson, using a roster spot on Julian Strother, and then Vlaco Chanchar, and then DeAndre Jordan, and then, uh, like, who am I missing? Uh, Zeke Naji now. Zeke Naji. Like if you add up those roster spots together, that is 40% of Denver's roster that you're not really expecting to make an impact in the playoffs. That's a lot. That well, how many lot. how many teams have player more than eight players that make impacts in the playoffs, though? It's not about like because especially from game to game and rotation to rotation, I understand that. Like you'll probably only play seven and a half guys. Like that's that's probably where Denver's going to go to. That's probably what's going to happen with this current group. But being able to pick and choose different options is really really important to me. Where hey, maybe it's not Reggie Jackson's night. Maybe he is not the right guy to be throwing out these matchups. Well, you can't just cut out his entire minutes because then you're just putting more pressure on Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. 
and it's very easy in my Julian's opinion. Too. And and maybe Julian's or or Justin Holiday for sure. Like yeah. I, I think Justin is is another option there. But like the shorter their benches and the shorter the rotation spots that they have to be able to throw at these opposing teams, it puts exponentially more pressure on not just Jokic, who I know can handle it, not just Murray, who I know can handle it, but also Michael Porter, where, hey, you were playing 34 minutes last year. Now you got to play 38, dude. Sorry. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Hey, there is never going to be a moment where we can play a backup five. You have to be the backup five and the starting four. You now have to play 40 minutes. Well, you I think cannot, some of this, you cannot get into foul trouble or be injured. Well, I think some of this is projecting, though. Like, if I just look at this year, he said in when we were at Media Day that this is a strategy because of the, the way that the salary cap works now in the CBA, you're going to have to draft well. And yep. that's what we're going to rely on. I think some of this is Calvin, maybe the first adjustment learning curve that he's going to have is. That's great. Remember, he got he got KCP, he got Bruce Brown, he got Jeff. Well, he Jeff was here, and then they obviously got De- DeAndre Jordan and all that. I think some of this. And remember, DeAndre Jordan was the first signing of free agency in 2022. Yeah. By the way, so I think some of this is they are trying a new strategy, and I think we'll see in the off season. I think they can. I think they're still going to win a championship this year, but I think what's going to happen is they get into the off season. And they're like, okay, that was great, we won, but dang. We were just probably like a ninth guy away from making this like a 16 and three type of run because we just didn't have an extra body that we could throw at people that added that much more pressure. And I'll say this. I think that Reggie Jackson is a fine player. He is a Colorado kid, all that stuff. But I've told you the strategy for the Nuggets should be a POA leaning defender at the guard position that has some ball handling skills. I think it's Alon Wright, Dennis Smith Jr., and Chris Dunn. I've, I've brought all these names up to you over the last year because I believe that's what the Nuggets need. They went out and said Reggie Jackson, his playmaking, his pull-up shooting is good enough. We can fortify the defense around them, and we can just call it a day. But I think some of this is we're going to see in these playoff runs, Reggie ain't going to play some of these games. So it's going to be Murray. It's going to be Christian. It's going to be Peyton. It's going to be AG. It's going to be Porter. And then what they'll probably do is instead of putting Reggie in with Jokic, they'll slot in another wing. So it's going to be either Christian or Julian or Justin or whatever. And they're going to just play that. And then that way we don't really need to have like a lead ball handler on the court. Because Bruce Brown, remember a lot of people, I said this, I said going into the year Bruce Brown was point guard. But a lot of people had issues with that. Could he play the four or he played the three with the Nets or then with Detroit? But I think some of this is, the Nuggets have an idea of what these players are supposed to grow into. Christian Brown doesn't have the chops to be a ball handler. Peyton Watson does. It's just way too early for him to do that. And I think on the Reggie front, Reggie was cheap. They got a five-year deal out of him. And then with Zeke Naji, which I think is the biggest problem, Zeke Naji was supposed to be on a, on a salary cap basis, Ryan. That's supposed to be their sixth best player. He's like their 15th or 14th best player. I yeah, think that messes up the equation a little bit. Yeah. So I think if that's the case where Zeke is your sixth biggest contract and he's doing nothing, think about if you had Bruce Brown at $8 million a year right now. I love that. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's just they they couldn't do it, though. Zeke, for me, I think Zeke is a trade trip. I think that Reggie Jackson, maybe this offseason, they're going to combine those like, 
you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to have to get rid of Zeke just because I don't think it's good for him. I think he needs to be in a new situation. I think they need a real backup four, backup five that makes similar money that they can actually play and trust as a veteran. Malone doesn't trust Zeke and he can't use Zeke. And you saw Zeke come in the game yesterday, Ryan. Nothing. Doesn't have any shot confidence. Doesn't have any shot intelligence. And then he also is a follower because he just doesn't stand. He just he just he's all over the place right now. By the way, his contract lasts as long as Nikola Jokic's Supermax. Yeah, so four more years after this. He won't, he won't be a different Nugget that entire time. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be a hard contract to trade. Like, they can't just, you can't just think of it as matching salary because that other team is going to then think, hey, we also have to keep this guy on our books for another four years. Right. <laughs> it's going to be tough, a tough sell, in my opinion, based off of how he has played. So, look. I, if I look back to where Denver went wrong, in my opinion, in the, in the off season, I think making the draft pick trades that they did, trying to add a bunch of rookies and then not having Reggie Jackson on a minimum and instead having him on the taxpayer MLE, I think that was an issue. They needed to bring in some other veteran that was available for the taxpayer MLE. I don't know who that was. I think it probably should have been a backup five, in my opinion. And like just having even some... Drummond, Drummond, what did he get? Nine, nine mil, eight mil, or something like no, that? No, not even close. He got like six. two years for 6.5 uh, yeah. total. Like, but that was the previous year. So not even, right. not even really worried about that. But like, he's like, that, that would have been an, an option. And the fact that Denver doesn't have options is what really scares me because it is my opinion that Denver cannot be defeated by an ankle injury. If they are defeated by an ankle injury to one of their starting five, then that's not good enough. In my opinion, that's not good enough. From but what other team, what other team can win a championship without it with an ankle injury? Though? I think the Celtics could, I think the no, Celtics they could, could not, the Celtics could lose Al Horford to an ankle not, injury not. and be fine. Al Horford is not one of their main players though. They okay, have fine. five other players. Derek fine. White. No. Drew Holiday. No. Jason Tatum. No, Kristaps Porzingis. No, those four you players. Think, you don't think that they could lose Drew Holiday? No, or an ankle injury in a clutch like no, hypothetically no. clutch game five or game six. Absolutely not. That okay. changes that changes the fundamental outlook of their team if they don't have Drew on the court as a corner spot up shooter, as a ball handler, and as a defender. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. What about the Wolves if they lost Jaden McDaniels for a clutch game five or six? Yeah, sure. But guess what? The Wolves ain't winning anyway, more than likely. <laughs> so, I, but again, I think for me, it's like what no one is picking the Wolves to make it out of the West because they don't have the top end talent to get it done. Because this is the thing, Ryan. Even if you're five through eight, or, you know, let's say who's the worst starter they have? Mike Conley. Mike Conley, Nas Reed. Nikhil Alexander Walker, who I love, everyone knows this. Monte Morris so, and Monte Morris, and then you know J- Jordan McLaughlin or whatever. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. These players ain't winning you no no round. They, they might get you in a game and keep you close, but they're not. Bro, the Wolves could do. They could they could lose one of them, but the the series doesn't change. They're not winning that series because of those players. No, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that they would. More of what I'm trying to say is that if Denver 
like hypothetically you lose KCP to an ankle injury in the second half of a game five and you need to survive. Like De- can Denver do that? Yes. Yeah. I think they can. Yeah. And I, I mean, think they can get it. They got pay- that's Peyton though. But remember they, that's what they've been doing. It's supposed to be Christian, but the person they, they have shown you that they will close with is Peyton Watson. So yeah, I mean, they would, he did it versus the Warriors and then uh, versus the Lakers. What is the Lakers when he, when, yeah. uh, when Peyton, it, that's what I'm saying. I think I think he's the one that they would slot in. I think by the time we get to the end of the season, I think Peyton is going to be a six star. And if that's like if that happens, and if he like a lot of this is going to come down to your faith in him specifically. And I know you have a lot of faith in him. And maybe that's it's good a lot enough. to ask. It's a lot to ask for a second year player. Of course, of course, he's 21, man. Like, yeah, he's really young. But I guess I guess for me, though, bro, it's like if I look at trusting your six man then you're saying, okay, you're going to trust Kyle Anderson. We 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 saw Kyle play in the playoff last year and the year before. Dude was being – and, again, I'm no, I like Kyle. He was literally unplayable at times last year. Unplayable sure. yeah. in multiple games in both of the series that they lost. But then even if you go to the Thunder, the Thunder is going to be Kaysen Wallace, Isaiah Joe, or Gordon Hayward. It's going to be their sixth option as well. Which cool, but like I, I think when I'm looking at all this stuff, like now obviously you know the Clippers are gonna have like Russell Westbrook or Norman Powell. It's pretty good, sure. Yeah, yeah, but like we know that that's still not the answer for winning a championship or getting to the final. So I think for the, me, okay. it's like look the ahead. answer. The answer to winning a championship is having the best players. And like, look, Denver obviously checks that box with Jokic at the peak of his right. powers right now, and he can make this entire point move. I want to make that entirely clear that look, if Jokic rises to the occasion and does what he did last year and Murray does what he did last year, which I find that a little bit more like unbelievable if like that, he's going to be exactly what he was last year and putting it entirely on that is that's a little bit, that's stressful. If I were a Nuggets fan for Murray, Murray specifically, because he just doesn't look like, Murray averaged 21 on like a 55 true shooting in the finals. He averaged uh, in, in in the Sun series. He averaged 24 on 55 true shooting. He, he went one. He went one of 19 from three for a three game stretch in the middle of that series. So I'm going to be honest with you. Murray was excellent. He was. He also yeah, had, no, don't get me wrong. He also like, had like six stinkers over the course yeah. of that run as well. And so if you get an extra one or two here or there or you don't get the right guys stepping up at the right time, like a Bruce Brown, like a Jeff Green hitting a clutch three in the playoffs. Like, I think that it just gets a little bit more shaky. And the more the bridge starts yeah. to really wobble here, the more difficult I I find it being like, okay, they're going to do it this, 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 and this. Like, it was very easy last year well, but to I'll see also what wanna, the vision was. I also want to say this, though, and I, I think this is fair. I think your critique is fair. Your worries are fair. But do you know why I don't care? Why? Because LeBron had to deal with that crap for years. I, I LeBron, agree with you on here. So yeah. I'm, and again, I'm not I'm not dismissing your point, but I'm saying yeah. you're right. But Jokic, LeBron did that for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight, and then the nine with the with the with the twenty with the twenty run as well, and then you had the ten with the run in two thousand seven. So wh- whichever run. You want to add to it. He did it 10 times and then eight straight 
And guess what? His roster is really on perfect. They went into that game six versus the Celtics in 2012. Wade was looking old. Bosch was nowhere to be seen. LeBron had to get it done. He had to get it done. And I think this is this is the difference is, cool. Guess what? You feel confident in your seventh and eighth man, Minnesota. But if that, if this dude isn't who he's supposed to be, it's cooked anyway. It's all done. It's all done. So I, I want to say this. I think that like, and, and again, people, truth teller, you know, we 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 all friends. We know each other. I'm good with this. He's comments fine with me. Phoenix Suns got deeper uh, deeper roster than the Nuggets. Let me tell you this right now. If Devin Booker or Kevin Durant outplay Nikola Jokic, they're winning that series, period. Period. It doesn't matter what the roster is at that point. I think what I'm trying to help people understand is NBA legacies, which is why this is so fun, why basketball is so fun. Jordan didn't always have the best roster. He had Scotty Pippen as his number two. Inconsistent score. Got it done. We had Magic Johnson, litany of injuries. Byron Scott was out at different points in time. Kareem was out at different points in time. Uh, 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 what's the name? From uh, North Carolina, bro. Won uh, finals MVP. Uh, Worthy. James Worthy. Up and down. Performances. But your Magic, your Larry Bird, your Mike, your Shaq in 2001. Two. Do you know what Kobe Bryant averaged as the number two option in the NBA finals that year? What? In the first finals? Ten points a game. Kobe fans don't want you to know that one, by the way. So what I'm what I'm saying is, so what I'm saying is, if 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 he's if he's who he's supposed to be, then you have to outplay everybody. But again, I'm not worried about that. I think for me, it's like, yeah, you know what? It makes it easier, Ryan. It makes it easier if you have those dudes. But like, really, that's just the, that's the league. Like, at some point, Jerry, Doctor Jerry Buss can only do so much magic. Kobe, Shaq, I can't give you everything. Jokic, you got Murray, Porter, KCP, and you have Aaron Gordon, and then you might have Peyton Watson. That's all I can give you. So on you at the end of the day. So that's that's why for me, Ryan, I'm just a little different when it comes to this stuff. If the team is healthy and Jokic is on the court, you got to win. You're the best in the world. Giannis, guess what? Let me tell you this right now. Last year, Giannis lost. You know who they blamed? Who? Everybody else. Bud. Bud and everybody else. You know what happened when Jason Tatum loses in the playoff series? They're going to blame Bay Coach in Missoula, and they're going to blame, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what's going to happen if Luka loses again and doesn't make the playoffs? Oh, Got Jason it. Kidd and this and this is roster construction. Do you know what's going to happen if Steph Curry lose? Oh, look at his roster. How could they do this? We're with Wiggins all year. Do you know what happened if Jokic loses? You weren't good enough. This is This is where you get. This is the level. It's fair. And like, once you get to that level, you're in your prime, you're expected to just approach it at a similar level. You're expected right. to get to that I place. I don't mean to yell at you. I'm sorry. I it's okay. No, I think it's fair. And like, I, I did like the LeBron point because I do agree that if, if we do think that Jokic is the LeBron of this generation, which I think he has a rightful claim to be, then this is just what comes with that territory. You fight through all of the the landmines that are within the the conference and everything, and you just and get correct, it done. And correct myself, by the way. I didn't, I didn't mean ten. He averaged Kobe averaged fifteen four and four and shot thirty six percent from the field in his first NBA Finals. Yikes, that's pretty gross. Fifteen four and four on thirty six percent from the field. Yeah, like. 
Thankfully, Jamal has not had a series like that. Or else I'd, have to go, I'd have to go crawl in a ditch. It would be bad. <laughs> but you know what? I wish I would have been on a play versus Reggie Miller. I hope Jokic's best competition in the finals this year is this year, is this version of Reggie Miller, which would be uh, uh, Jalen Brown. Or, I hope, or I hope Anthony Edwards, frankly. Or, yeah, I hope that's the number one option that Jokic will see in the NBA finals. Yeah, it's fair. Um, look, it's a good point. Let's. Um, Let's wrap it up with this, and like we'll we'll go to a third segment for the straw poll stuff, uh, but let's wrap it up with this here. I think that the Nuggets can and should still be considered the favorites to come out of the Western Conference. I don't know if they should still be considered the favorites to win the entire thing. However, you think about Boston, if you're a national folk, that's understandable. But in Denver, you're always going to have like Jokic is the guy that I think about the least when it comes to, is he going to show up in this moment? Because we, he just always has. He, he always has. And there's no reason to question that. He is never the guy that I am ever going to think about showing up in these situations. But I do think it's fair that the more stress that's put onto the back end of the rotation, the more mm-hmm. stress that's put onto the other starters, mm-hmm. that you start to realize, okay, maybe they should have added something. And maybe yeah. they have enough. Maybe they do. But well, they we also talked might about that he is young. We talked about it. Like, why yeah. would like that's just even an option? Like, he got bought out. He's a big four, just like Jeff Green was. Yeah. Not even like a, not even a consideration. So I agree with you. We yeah. also said DeLon Wright. We said Dennis Smith Jr. We I said Chris Dunn. There's four players right there. Yeah. Gallo. Yeah. But they feel like that's not what we need. And so if that's the case, and if they're proven right, then I will bow at the altar of Calvin Booth. I swear I will. Like I understand, folks, but. If they don't win it, and if there's something that kind of blocks them from winning it that could have been within their control, then I will have some criticisms. And I think that they will be fair at that point. But right now, in February, they're probably not. So, you well, get- you know, well, again, we're all going to say, too, the, the Nuggets are 18 and 9 in clutch games. That's the playoffs. Like, it's not like these random Monday games versus the Bucks. It's not. It's just, it's just quite simply not. The playoffs are execution down the stretch of a the end of a third quarter and into a fourth quarter and at the end of the fourth quarter. That's where the playoffs are won, in the half quarter. That's not coming down to Reggie Jackson or Christian Brown, for that matter. That's going to be up to Jokic, Murray, KCP, Porter, and Gordon, and maybe Peyton. So, again, that's that's why for me, and that's, that's up to Michael Malone. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that stuff helps regular season. Because, but everybody saw Boston was considered the deepest team in basketball last year. They got smoked out. <laughs> they were down two, three to two to the 76ers with the hurt and beat. <laughs> and, and he didn't play in game one, and James Harden gave him 40. So, this is what I'm talking about. Everybody's talking about this depth stuff. It's cool until your hitters got hit. It's cool until the shooters got to shoot. It's cool until your one day. Get the job done or don't. Because Jimmy Butler, last year, I heard him say, they ain't deep enough. They don't got the squad. And Jimmy Butler with Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and a no-Tyler hero with Bam on a file were able to get to the NBA Finals because of coaching, because of execution, and because of culture. Because Jimmy, especially for the first round and a half, was playing at an all-NBA MVP level. And Giannis was not. And Drew was not. And Chris was not. So this is what I'm saying. 
Be as deep as you want to. Derek White, Drew Holiday, Kristoff, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum with Xavier Tillman and whoever. Be as deep as you want to, Ryan. But what I'm telling you, in the playoffs, that stuff don't matter. You got to go beat Jordan. <laughs> I, I ain't got to beat. I, I ain't got to beat no. Uh, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the dude uh, from, from Europe that played for them that I love? Oh, Tony Kukoc. Oh, their fourth option is Tony Kukoc, y'all. How, how, how do we match up with that? What? I'm worried about no Tony. You got to beat awesome. Jordan. So this is what I'm saying, y'all. I'm not even trying to. This is not even about like being a homer. Historically, Ryan, NBA history, you got to beat that guy at the top. The problem is you more than likely don't have the solvent. We saw the Bulls shouldn't have won every year. The Cavs shouldn't have been every year. The Heat shouldn't have won every year. Now, the only time you can really say depth mattered, Ryan, was that 2013-14 Spurs team and an 4 Pistons team. Depth, oh, yeah, it mattered. But that's because they had, oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Thiago Splitter and all them on the pitch. That's not why they lost. Kawhi Duncan with freaking uh, Manu Ginobili. That's why they lost. And Tony, that's why they lost. So this is what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you, bro. I really, truly do. But at the end of the day, is this guy, he's the one. This is why it would not work. Don't get don't get outplayed by Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. Don't get outplayed by Jason Tatum. Don't get outplayed by Giannis Luca. It's up to you. This is this is this is the cross, the best in the world. You gonna be a top 10 all-time player? This is your moment. Out look, Peyton Watson, who Bruce Brown and Jeff Green played on this team. They're not on the poster. They're not on the poster. There's a reason, Ryan. Ryan, me and you, we're a team. If we don't get the job done, if we aren't good, my high sports don't do well. I don't, I don't care how many people. My high sports ain't going nowhere on the basketball side. If me, you, and then for football, Cody. We got to carry the job. You got to be great. There ain't no Anilo behind the scenes, Danny behind the scenes. Man, oh, well, I didn't have enough help. What do you mean? You got a microphone? You got lights? Turn them on. Oh, my God. Am I, am I making sense, right? This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. This is hilarious, man. Am You're right. Sense? You're right. It's true. I understand. No, it's, it's, it is completely fair. Oh, is it fair? Is it, is it, is it a really a fair position? No, of course it is. Like your your position is fair. I think that my position's fair, but fair. also I think like fair too. Yeah. Yeah, but also like yeah, like these other teams have got to get through Joker still. Like even if like and I mean, we could we, let's let's get to this on the other side cuz I, I do want to talk about the MVP thing too. Uh we'll, when we get to that the, the Bucks are down 30 fully healthy to the Miami Heat, by the way. The day after the day after they show up versus the day after they show up versus Denver Oh God, man, they're such frauds. <laughs> but but everybody's like, well, what about this they're game? They're such frauds, man. Oh my God, <laughs> what is this? What is this? This is what I told y'all, man. Stop it. Oh my God. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the MVP conversation. But first, uh, good morning, Broncos.
back from that absolutely epic rant from Swipa. Uh, Ryan Blackburn here, weekends with Swipa on a Tuesday. We're going up. Uh, I'm drinking a, an alcoholic root beer. Swipa's got the water bottle. Uh, he's uh, he's just vibing. Swipa, that's how you know we're like he's just built different, man. He's just got to get the got to get it all. It's uh, it's so freaking funny. Um, okay, let's uh, let's wrap up with this. Actually, yeah, okay. You know what? Super Bowl. We just talked about that at the top. There is a Patrick Mahomes versus Nikola Jokic comparison to be made too. Like where it was clearly the 49ers year to get it done. Like, yeah. They should have gotten it done. Had a great team. They had, a, had, had the one better of the most team. stacked teams in the last several years in the, in the NFL. My guy, Christian McCaffrey, he had a good enough game despite the fact that he fumbled early. I was pretty sad about that. But then 100, he, what, 100 and like, what, 115 all-purpose yards? He had like 160. One, he had like 80 on the ground, 80 in the air, something like that. Like, it was good enough. Um, but, why did they lose, though, right? but why did they lose? Why did they uh, lose? Because uh, because the other guy on the other side, it, it didn't come down to anything that the 49ers did. It was just that the other guy was better. And like, Patrick Mahomes. It's like, where sometimes you're going to get the leaning. Yeah, who, who's the only person to beat him? Jokic. Oh, Tom you're Brady. Get the, the turnarounds. You're going to get the flip shots. You're going to get the one-legged three-pointers. You're going to get all of this stuff. You're going to get the underhanded throws. Like You're going to get it from all these guys. And, and it just like incomplete poise in any yeah. situation. Yeah. Always poised, even after throwing interception to Travis Kelsey. Okay. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. And then yeah. that, this, this is what I'm saying, Ryan. This is sports. This is not, this is not like uh, some world of, of corporate where you got to have 15 people doing all these jobs to make a corporation work. In the NBA, there's a guy. And then there's everybody else trying to catch this guy. So everybody right now in the MVP conversation we're entering into, they're like, well, how is how is Joker, how is Joker leading the MVP race? He's like, not doing this, this, and this. It's like, are we really gonna do this again? A second year in a row. Are we really gonna do this again. It is funny just, just to think about doing this again. By the way, that straw poll has already been buried to the bottom of ESPN uh, because they probably do not want people to uh to have to read about Jokic leading it. Um, I'm pulling it up right now, just making sure that, that we can um, we can get the full picture of of Did where the ball is. How many uh, first place votes he had last year? Uh, how many? Wait, say it again. Do you know how many first place votes he had at the same poll last year? Um, probably about seventy five. Seventy seven. Yeah. If but I remember good. what happened though is they is Bontemps himself went on the podcast the next day and said. He was upset and surprised that Jokic got that many first place votes because he just felt like Giannis was having an incredible year and beating everybody. That's when it all like the, the, everything shifted. And so I think now I think this is the polar opposite. I think now this year people are just like, you know, we just you know this is is what it is. And this is so anyway. Go ahead, Rob. Well, we'll see. I I do think that SGA is going to be so. Here's here's the actual breakdown of of the actual votes this year. Jokic has 69 first place votes. Shea has 24. That is uh, 93 combined between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Giannis has two. Luca has three. Jalen Brunson has one, and Anthony Edwards has one. Which I don't know what like what people are watching with Ant. Like he had two total votes in the entire thing in the entire. Why, why would he have first? 
I don't understand that. Him and Jalen Brunson have first place vote. Yeah, like what is that? Like <laughs> there there is a conversation to be had between like five guys right now, in my opinion. And they did get the top five right. Like I think Kawhi is having that level of conversation here. Uh Luca <sighs> is like putting up crazy numbers despite the fact that the winning's not there. Giannis, like there was a lot of discussion from Giannis and, and Bucks fans uh over social media today about how he'll never get his respect. Bro, we've seen the song and dance before with him. Like he yeah. doesn't drive winning in the same ways that these other guys do, in my opinion. Well, I just also think, you know, Nikias, uh, who we all are a fan of, he said SGA's been a better defender than Giannis this year. And yeah, Bucks fans lost their mind. I'm just like, how can See, you watch thing. what's going on with these teams right now and be like, oh, yeah, no, that guy's definitely – Because it's fun. never his fault. This is what I'm telling you. And yeah. I like – Giannis is a top two. But this this, this is why I'm saying it's not his fault their yeah. defense is working. It's not his fault they lost to the Miami Heat. It's not his fault. It's only the praise. This is Giannis respecting Giannis. It's moving into Kevin Durant territory. It's not your fault. It's just not. You're like the perfect ideation of what we think a basketball player should be in a lot of ways. And again, Giannis, he's in the best in the world conversation for, for many people, as he should be. But you can't keep telling me it's not your fault. But if the other dude has a legit reason, oh, Faku Campazzo, Brent Forbes, Austin Reeves, and loses in the first round the same way Giannis did with a fully healthy roster, it's his fault, though. You know who they started opposite of him in the Miami Heat game today? Nikola Jovic. Like, come on, man, put him through a wall. Like, or if, if he's guarding, like if he's being guarded by Bam, then that's really like, go feature Brooke Lopez. Like you shouldn't just have to be like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff here that look, I, I think that there are two guys that can realistically win this thing. Yeah, it's Jokic Shea's and a freaking dog. Shea, yeah. Shea, is he, is he the, let me ask you this. Is he the best guard since Harden or even including that Harden year in 17, 18? Ooh, that's a good one because Harden commanded like he commanded more attention than Shea did. And the way the way that people had to guard Harden and just literally had to throw out conventional defense was crazy. Like you you had Utah literally playing behind him and like funneling him towards the basket closer to the basket. It didn't work, but they were trying shit because they had to. And that was a that was crazy to watch at that time. Really, really interesting to see. And like, I don't view Shea in that same light. Like, I think he can be bothered a little bit more. I think he doesn't necessarily like. There are some levels of physicality that he doesn't handle as well if he doesn't get the call. Like, even Harden through that time was strong as an ox, man. Like, yeah. he was he could fight through that contact a little bit better. And like now he did benefit from the calls as well, but they got to the Western Conference Finals that year and were only stopped by the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. Like mm-hmm. it was a pretty great year. So I I probably I might even say that Luca is better than him this year from a pure individual standpoint. Right. But like that's not where the MVP conversation is born now. Like it just isn't. I think Shea is incredible, man. He's just – that turnaround he has, he's so patient. He's so calm. I do too, by the way. Yeah, he just has this, like, kind of, like, swagger about him too. Like, he's just a dynamite. 
and I really like his game. And he's at that perfect stage where he's only getting love and he's not getting hate. The only people that don't like him are Curry fans because they just feel like he's passing him up and, you know, he's taking yeah. first team all NBA from him. Yeah, he, respect to Curry, yeah, he has. Yeah. Know, <laughs> not every 35-year-old can be in the first team all NBA discussion like LeBron, yeah. you know? So I think that also ends that conversation too. Like, I know what LeBron was doing at 35, but apparently people have stuff. Did you have Steph Curry in your top five or six? No, you didn't. Um, I, I mean, I think I had him on the borderline of it, but like, I know I had Jokic. Actually, you know what? I had Jokic, uh, Giannis, Curry, Luka in that order yeah. at the yeah, beginning of the year. I, I think Curry just hasn't been as good this year. Yeah, and Shea's been incredible. I think, I just think that Shea has a real chance. He has to hype. He's everything people wanted Jason Tatum to be. I don't, I don't say that disrespectfully either. I mean, Tatum very, he's very successful as a young player. I just think that like he's just like he's a he he gives me number one guard vibes, which you never see. You you never see that. He's more of a number one than players like Embiid. I think yeah. in a playoff setting, he just has an action he can just keep getting to constantly, and then no matter how you guard him. He's comparable as a step-back three-point shooter, but he's also really freaking good at getting downhill and creating opportunities and advantages for himself and his teammates. And then defensively, he's like a first-team All-NBA defender. He's been great. Like, there's there's no doubt about it. I, I think he would be a deserving winner if they did win. I think if OKC outpaces Denver in the standings, then he has a legit argument for sure because the teams around them are pretty comparable. Like, they, they are. Um, I think that... Jokic probably gets a tie break, like because he is that dude. And like, if you're really one of the voters that's like, oh yeah, we got to change it up for the sake of changing it up. Like, why? They already like, did that last year. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of this is getting back what a uh, what was a lost MVP year last year. So it wouldn't surprise me if if he goes back or if he gets the third. I think that it's probably more likely than not at this point. But like, like look, if if. Jokic and Denver have another four game losing streak in March and SGA like mm-hmm. provide some separation in the playoffs and in the playoff picture, then like mm-hmm. there's, there's a reason, like there's some logic and, and some narrative stuff that I think voters will be able to create. Uh, and, and the numbers are similar enough, especially from an advanced perspective that like, it's hard to argue too much with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, uh, like I said, I just think Jokic is in his LeBron era where everybody has kind of, for the most, I think the thing about the season, because Luka's numbers are so inflated and B's numbers are so inflated, Giannis is another 30, 10, and 5 year. People kind of lost Jokic in the bud, like, oh, 26, 12, and 9. It's like, eh, like his numbers. <laughs> yeah, like his numbers are like kind of similar to last year, 24 and a half, you know, uh, 12 and 9.8. And they're like, well, he's whatever. But again, I just think like, Everybody's kind of relaxed on Joker right now, and it's just gonna you you know. Anyway, so I think Jokic win. I think he wins this year because last year was such a debacle on so many non basketball level narratives that I think that he will win. I think he's earned it, um, but also too like, you know, I just think like at some point you're just gonna have to crown the best player again, like we used to. Like you know, Jordan got it. LeBron should have got it in 2011. I don't care about no seeding stuff. Like I, that, to me, that didn't mean anything. Like he wasn't. Derrick Rose wasn't better than LeBron. Malone yeah. wasn't better than Jordan. And like, well, he yeah. won the most games that year. Like, I don't care. I don't want Carl Malone and Derrick Rose respect to have an MVP. 
Give them oh, to Jordan. <laughs> Jordan has should have six, and LeBron should have five. Yeah, and that should be it. That was LeBron's era. Period. Period. This is Jokic's era. It's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it's more likely than not that he gets it. But like like uh, Astrid says here, MVP race will be decided in the last few weeks of the season. Jokic does not face off against Shea in the last few weeks. All those matchups are done. Um, if he wins matchups against Minnesota and Anthony Edwards and yeah. like that team, like if, again, if, I think that would be some narrative stuff. That would be yeah, some they play, serious. They play Boston in March again in Denver. Yeah. Like that would be that would be pretty big. Um, and also like Phoenix and teams like that. They they've only played Phoenix once this year. Those matchups will be on primetime. Lakers matchups will be on primetime. You already know that. Um, one other thing that could really help him, if he just averages like eleven or twelve assists, somewhere around there. If Denver's like guys the last shooting, twenty games of the year or so. Yeah, that would be that would be a great way to just like hey. Like, look at how valuable the playmaking is that he has. Look at how many games Denver's winning while he's operating as their point guard, basically. Like, right. there is plenty of value to that. And the winning is going to have to come with it, obviously. But if he can get that assist number up a little bit, I could definitely see it for sure. Um, final thing here, by the way. Um, do you care what happens in this game on Wednesday against the Kings? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't. You honestly. don't need to go and. I just don't think they need to go in. Don't just because you can go into the all-star break with three straight losses. I'm not yeah. that relaxed. <laughs> Fair. Like I'm, I'm not that chill. Like, again, I come from a football background, right? Winning, losing a game is a big deal. Because you only get one in a 16 or 17 games. So this is also like, just go win, please. Just like do enough. Even if Murray don't play tomorrow, fine. You don't need Jamal Murray to beat the Kings. All due respect. So, Jokic, go send one lasting message before the All-Star break. Go dominate that game. Gordon, you can have a good game. Porter Jr., you can definitely have a good game in that game. Play a semblance of defense. You gave up 104 points in three quarters the last time you played them. For what? For what? <laughs> don't. Just don't do that again. Like, I'm not even trying. I'm not even asking you to, like, have a, a game you care about, like a revenge game. Just play a B. Play a B minus game for you. You win the game. That's how good you are. You played an F and a D game the last two games. Just go play basketball. It's your last game for seven days. Then you can recharge, go on break and all that kind of stuff. And then you know we can just keep it moving, bro. Because by the way, Giannis was a minus twenty three tonight. Yeah, um, that was it was bad. And they got blown uh, out by the Heat. Yeah. It's not great. Not great for them. Um, Kings, by the way, getting a rough deal tonight. They are on national TV facing the Phoenix Suns. They'll travel uh, west to east. Uh, not not by much. Because well, now the Kings get to live it back up because the Kings are playing by y'all when they're on their second out of back. Yeah. back but they, uh, they're also lo they're losing an hour of game time, too, because this game is starting at 8 Mountain, and it's going to mm -hmm. begin tomorrow at 7 Mountain. So. They're going to be there. That's a tough one for them. Denver has to be able to take advantage of that. They can't be the more tired team heading into that right. matchup. Like, just, just come on now. That shouldn't be a problem. Um, sir, we've run very long. <laughs> that's fine. We do sometimes you need these episodes. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Anilo, you we need to clip that that part where I talked about is this guy because that needs to be understood. I might even do a video on myself tomorrow. All that depth stuff is cool, y'all. Daddy is young, ain't solving the problem. If that man right there ain't who he's supposed to be, it's that simple. It's very fair. 
and I we got to remember to have faith. It's completely understandable, but uh, look, our eight minutes of absolute gold started with some root beer and then uh, ended with some uh, some absolute goat discussion. So, <laughs> yeah, root beer. Uh, everybody, have a great day. Uh, go watch the Nuggets game tomorrow and then check in with me late tomorrow night. I'm going to be doing one final episode before the All-Star break. You're probably not going to hear from me again after that, so you're going to want to catch it. And we'll we'll have a good time. But hey, oh, really, joy. really appreciate it. What's up? They said, oh, oh, joy. No rhyme for a week. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to do any alley-oop stuff. So we're going to we're going to have to record some some prior episodes tomorrow for that. But yeah. hey, either way, uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure to hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button down below. Would genuinely appreciate it. We will talk to you guys sometime soon.